I like it that way. I tell you, you can do more than most pastors can do if you step out. Oh, yes. Your reward will be great when you get in heaven. Pastor is going to be way back behind. Because all he did was preach in church, right? He didn't really do much. But you can do much if God, if you allow God to use you. Now, I've given you on Wednesday night, I need you back here. That's up to you. I've told the Lord, how many people come in, it don't matter. I'm not look, I just want to give what God has shared with me to the people. Is whosoever will. If you want, that's up to you. But I encourage you to come. Because the gift of prophecy is the beginning. That's why I believe today, as the Lord is speaking to my mind, that's what the word says. In the last days, God will pour his spirit upon what? All flesh. And they shall prophesy. That's the beginning. Once you begin to prophesy and you first you start speaking in tongues, I don't apologize for that. That's the key, key powerful tool that God is giving to us. Once you begin in that, you get into the prophecy thing, tongues as in, an interpretation just like we heard this morning, those things are very powerful. When they are spoken over your life, it's so powerful. I'm living today what was spoken over my life probably in 1987 by just church members. Church members spoke over my life. And I saw those that were spoken over as we gathered in prayer, waiting on the Lord like we do on Wednesday, to give us words of wisdom, words of knowledge. That's what happened there. And I still see the result in them today and here in my own life. What they spoke over me. There is God. This is His book. It works. <laughs> it works. This book works. He can transform your life. He can transform your family's life. He can transform your finances. He heals everything that's sick in your life. This book can. But we have to act on it. We have to act on it. You believe it. First, you got to know it. You believe it and act on it. Believing it is not enough. Believing it alone is not enough. God wants you to act on it. And if there is no action, speak like you believe it. Because the Bible says we have the same spirit of faith as it is written. I believe, therefore I have spoken. So when you believe, you act on it. Once you act on it, God will not disappoint. God says he's not a man that will lie. Neither the son of man that should repent. If he says, he'll do it. He said, if I've spoken, I'll make it good. Amen. Where will he make it good? When you step out of the boat, the water, the, the water will be solid ground for you to walk on. But many people are too timid to do that. They are waiting for goosebumps. Ooh. Yeah. That's all flesh. <laughs> I like it when they do it. It just don't bother me. But I don't. Just to me, you are not being spiritual. I just ask you. If that's the way you, God walks through you, that's fine. But I'm not going to do that weird stuff you're doing. That's not me. 
I got to be me. You remember when I told you I wanted to be T.D. Jakes? It didn't work. I'm back to be myself. Amen. I don't need to be. If God needs T.D. Jakes, he'll make all of us T.D. Jakes. So he has T.D. Jakes and he has good luck. And we're different. Amen. He uses him in his own way. And he'll use me in my own way. If I believe him just like T.D. Jakes does. That's all it takes. Every one of us can do these things. Amen. Every one of us. So we talk about tongues. uh, An interpretation of tongues. We talked about uh, prophecy. And then we went on to the revelation gifts. Tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy. They are for church service. Just like we have here. So during the service, and you can read First Corinthians chapter 14. He says, when you all come together, one has a psalm, was, had one and the other one has a hymn, he wants to sing, or someone has a word of prophecy. He says, do this, let everything be done decently and in order during the service. So in church service, prophecy is very powerful. We need that. But it doesn't make the other gifts not important or as important they are very important some of the others are very powerful the words of wisdom the revelation gives the words of wisdom the word of knowledge and discerning of spirits these are very powerful even in the church and we need to know them that's why paul said concerning spiritual gifts i don't want you to be ignorant if you are a christian you shouldn't be ignorant of these gifts you should know of the gifts and you should also know how they operate and don't stop there operate in them as well because the gifts is given the gifts are given to every one of us according to the scriptures that all will benefit and all will be edified that's what the gifts are for us and so we started talking about the revelation gifts we talk about the gifts of the word of wisdom the gift of the word of wisdom stops all arguments once you hear the answer or the explanation from the person come talking, it's like, okay, it makes sense. I got it now. Even if they are struggling, they are going to tear you down and they're telling you don't know what you're talking about. God gives you a word of wisdom. Once you get through, they're quiet. They can't say anything anymore. It's over. If, if, if they do something antagonistic against you, they're coming from another way, not what you're talking about. That's the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is you're listening to yourself speak. <laughs> and you're asking yourself, I didn't know I was that smart. Where did I get that from? You're talking and the word makes sense and you're listening to yourself and it's not coming from your mind. You're just flowing and you listen to yourself. It's supernatural and it's designed to create some atmosphere that removes antagonism against the word of God so that people can believe. If they are willing. That's what God does. It's the word of wisdom. You can argue with it. In the, in the church in Jerusalem, they were talking about uh, Paul and Barnabas came by. And they were talking about circumcising the, the Gentiles and all of that. And there was a great argument among them. No one was in agreement as to what to do. They needed a word of wisdom. 
And then Peter stood and said, you know, in the first case, you got to remember, God was the one that moved through me and sent me to Cornelius' home, and God used me to minister to them. And God didn't ask them to be circumcised so that they received the Holy Spirit. And he had his word, and he was quiet. Everybody was quiet because Peter spoke. That was the chief apostle. But you know how you tell a kid to sit? And they sit, but inside their heart they are still standing. <laughs> they are still in They don't like what they've heard, but they can't say anything. They do what you say, but they are still fuming inside. They say, yeah, I'm sitting, but inside I'm standing. But that's what happened there. They were all quiet. Nobody would you know, address the problem. And then James, the brother of Jesus, began to speak. And he just gave such a word of wisdom. Amen? And after he said it, everybody was happy. Paul was happy. Barnabas was happy. Peter, everybody, they all came together. You see how powerful the word of wisdom can be? That's what it does. It just brings everything together. That's the word of wisdom. And then we talk about the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is some knowledge that God gives to you supernaturally. You have no way of knowing it, and God just gives it to you. It's just like he comes in probably three or more ways. That's what I'm familiar with. You can't limit God, okay? The one way is you just know. The person stands before you, and you just know. You have information. If I ask you how you know, you don't know. You just, you just know. And when you say the word, and they're like, how did you know that? That's the good time to say, the Lord told me. But never start, don't say the Lord. Because if it's not, <laughs> they know you're a false prophet. <laughs> so always ask a question. You understand what I'm saying? Put it in a question form. Are you going through this? And they'll go, what? How did you know that? And then you tell them. The Lord said that. And everything that comes out of your mouth after that, guess what? They're willing to go. They'll follow. Because they know you don't have a way of knowing that. And Jesus operated in that gift in so many ways. You remember uh, the guy, again, let me go into how some of these things. You just know. Other times it's in a picture. A picture form. It's like you're watching a movie. You know what I mean? You see it happening. And then what you need to do is just describe what you're saying. It may mean nothing to you, but there's somebody there that it means so much to. And they'll come later and say, that was me you were talking to. But the others were saying, the others who have no clue about what you're saying, they're saying, what was that? It doesn't make sense to them. But the one that God wants to minister to, he makes so much sense to And then they feel so good. And they feel so close to God. Because they know there's no way you could have known that. So God must have had his mind on what they're going through. And he blesses them. And their faith goes up to God. And they are blessed. You remember the story of uh, Nathaniel? And Philip went to find, to find uh, Nathaniel and said, uh, come, Jesus of Nazareth. He is the Messiah. And the guy asked, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You remember that? And the guy said, look, I'm not going to argue with you. You come and see. And when Jesus saw Nathaniel, he said, 
an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile. I know what you're thinking. That was Jesus. You know, that's how we limit ourselves. That was Jesus. He's the Son of God. He knows all things. Well, he was operating in the world of knowledge. And in this case, just a picture like a movie. The guy said, uh, Nathaniel said, how come you know me? I never met you before. And Jesus said, before Philip called you, when you were under that fig tree, I saw you. How? Did you see him through all the trees? No. He had a picture of him. Jesus was a full man. But he was God as well. But while he was on earth, he operated as a, a man. So he had the word of knowledge. And so when, when Nathaniel heard that, he said, hey, Philip told me the truth. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you are saddened by this, you'll see more. That's the word of knowledge. And I spoke to you about, um, about uh, John Wimber and how God used him in that area as well. So God will give you a picture. God will, and sometimes he will speak to you. And, and, and other times, you just know. When you see those things, and for some people, it's just a writing. It just depends on the individual. He, you see that writing in the world, and you can read it, and all you need to do is ask, what does this mean to you? And you say it. It may mean nothing to you. Does it make sense? But it will make sense to them. Because he created them, and you know about them. I'm going to stay with this briefly, and then I move on to the next gift, uh, the discerning of spirit. But with... In the Old Testament, there was a prophet called Ahijah, and Jeroboam had a son, I believe, First Kings chapter 14. Jeroboam was a wicked king, uh, the one that split the kingdom with Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. And, but he was afraid that if the children of Israel keep going to Jerusalem, where God asked them to worship, then the, their hearts will be turned towards Solomon's son and He'll take the kingdom from him. They'll take the kingdom from him. So he prepared his own idol way back in his, the northern kingdom and made the people to worship those idols. And so God says, Jeroboam, the one who caused Israel to sin. Now God decided to make one of his sons, allowed one of his sons to get sick. His name was uh, Abijah, one of the sons of Jeroboam. And so Jeroboam told his wife, I want you to go to Ahijah the prophet. He is the one that God used to tell me that I was going to be king over his people. And I want you to go, but disguise yourself so that he will not know that uh, you're coming. And before he got there, God got to the prophet because the prophet was old. He was getting very blind at this stage, very old prophet. And um, God said, listen now, uh, the wife of Jeroboam is coming to you. And she's disguised herself. And so, uh, this is what I want you to tell her when she, when she shows up. So, as soon as the prophet heard the knock or the sound of the woman's feet, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. <laughs> Don't disguise yourself. I already know. And I know why you're coming to me. Come on in, Jeroboam's wife. <laughs> That's how God does it. He tells you so you know. And then he gives you a message to give to that person. So this is the way, that's the word of wisdom, a word of knowledge is so powerful. 
But today, I want to go on to the third revelation gift, which is the discerning of spirit. Discerning of spirit is so powerful because today, I think in the church, we don't, we, the church people cannot discern when it's a man or a demon or God. They can't discern it anymore. And sometimes as, as I can just take one look and say, oh, 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 that's not God. But they're all excited. This God, God, is, God is not in there. Is it a flesh or the devil? You have to learn the discerning of spirit is a gift of the Holy Spirit that God gives to you. And God can use you to discern spirits. God wants us to be able to discern because in the church, there are people that are going to come among you. And I'm going to share scriptures with you that are not of God. And they claim to be of God. And they know the language and they know all of that. Sometimes they know scriptures more than you do. And so you have to rely on the Holy Spirit to give you discernment to know this person is not of God and stay away from them. Because if you listen, blind lead the blind. And guess, is it only the one that's leading is going to fall in the dish? (laughs) The one that is being led also, both of them will get in the dish. And I ain't going with you. Uh, You want to fall in the dish, do it yourself. I'm not joining you. So we need to be very discerning. The Bible says this is going to happen. There will be those that are not of God and they have another spirit. And they will be among Christians. God wants us to be aware of it. That's why he gave us this powerful gift. So that if we cannot discern it in, by what we know from the scriptures, the Holy Spirit can give us the spirit gift and help us to know this. Sometimes Christians who are new converts are more seasoned in recognizing this is not of God than, some, than Christians who have been Christians for a long time. Kenneth Hagin told a story of a, a, some kind of a false revival years back, not in recent times, in his book he was writing. And there was this guy, he was not of God. And things were happening, and people were going all, they were running in droves to that place. And Kenneth said he had ministered to a young woman, the woman had gotten saved, and uh, she, heard, she was, you know how young new converts are, they won't drink anything, they won't, they won't grow. And she was so excited about God, and so when she heard about this so-called revival, she ran to it. But when she got there, she took a look at what was going on, and she came back. She said, what's going on? She says, I, I just didn't feel right about what's going on there. Something is not right. Let me tell you this. Listen to your spirit. If it feels weird to you, it's weird. If you stay with it, before long you'll tolerate it. And you won't see anything wrong with it anymore. You're part of it. You're already bought into that spirit. If it seems weird to you, it's weird. If it doesn't make sense, something, you know how you say something is not right? Something inside you saying something is not right. It doesn't make sense. You better listen to your voice. The voice that speaks, that's God trying to deliver you. Even if all the pastors and those that you respect, they are bowing to it, get out of that place. 
Because God may be giving you this. Kenneth Hagin said, all these great preachers didn't recognize that this was a false prophet. It took a new convert. A new convert could recognize something is not right. When it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. You need to get out of there. Because when those spirits get inside you, they are deceiving spirits. They are the spirits of the Antichrist. And they are gone into the world and they are out to deceive you and to lead you out of the way. So you need to recognize those things. So in my life, nothing matters. I've seen everything by the grace of God. I want more. But I've seen most of the basic stuff. So there's nothing that's going to be too impressive. I'm impressed at what God is doing through you, but I'm not impressed with you. And if you act wild, I'll get out of the door. Because you, God is the one that gives everything. You have to take this because it's so important. That's why God gave a gift of the Spirit called discerning of Spirit. When you feel discomfort and it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense, get out of there. You know, in Acts chapter 16, verse 17 and 18, it says they, this girl, Paul, Paul was, you know, ministering in this place. And there was a girl that was saying to Paul, before walking behind Paul and Barnabas, saying, these men are the servants of God sent to minister to us. What pastor wouldn't like that? Every pastor would like that, right? What's wrong with that? These are the holy men of God that God has sent among us to tell us the way of life. Hey, every pastor would like that. But Paul was being grieved inside of him. He knew something was wrong. This is not God. He tolerated it for a while, and one day he got very upset with it, and he just said, Can you come out of her? And the spirit left her for good. Amen. But he discerned it. He discerned it. We have to be able to discern spirits. Let me share some things with you. First uh, John chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits whether they are of God. Amen? What are we supposed to do? Test them. You know, Christians always go, we shouldn't judge. Who said that? Jesus said, do not judge according to the flesh, but judge righteous judgment. So you are allowed to make righteous judgment. So if someone is doing wrong and doing crazy stuff, He's married, but he has a girlfriend. And you talk to him, he says, Thou shalt not judge. Who said that? I'm telling you, the all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for rebuke. I'm rebuking you for your bad behavior. I ain't judging you. I'm just telling you, you need to stop. You got a wife, you can't be out, your eyes won't stay still. <sighs> Stupid. That's not judging. That's righteous judgment. The Bible even says punish them. Make them sit at the back of the church so everybody knows they are flaky. Oh, yes. Give them a special seat behind for the backsliders. Let them sit there. Paul says separate them. If I do that, I get sued in America. I'm sorry. (laughs) He humiliated me in church. And since then, I've been suffering financial troubles. And <laughs> take you to court. Well, Paul says, punish them. 
I'm going to tell the judge, God told me to punish them. <laughs> Separation of church and state, right? No kidding. <laughs> hey, Ines, cut it out. <coughs> he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. It's not your place to believe every spirit, but test the spirit. How do you test the spirit? I'm glad you asked. Test the spirit. Whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. They are not going into the world. They are gone out. They are already there. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. It's already here. Some of us will be thinking, okay, I've never heard anyone that said Jesus didn't come in the flesh. I have. I had somebody tell me, tell me Jesus has come back a second time. I said, really, nobody saw him. He said, no, he came in the spirit. Nobody saw him. But when Jesus came out of the grave, guess what he told his disciples? Handle me, right? I have bones and I have flesh. Spirits don't have this. So when he comes back, he's still flesh and bones. Amen? And if you're telling me he's already here, in the spirit, and nobody could see him. Excuse me. False prophet. Now, does it mean if a person does that, they are false? Maybe they are in the process of being deceived. And they need to be recovered. They need to be prayed for. So, we need to recognize that. Now, there are certain things. The spirit of God is a spirit of order. Okay? You don't have to have the gift of this uh, discernment. It's when it's past that, then God, you know, brings the gift. But you can tell. You can discern things because you are a child of God. You can tell when you're dealing with an unclean spirit, an unruly spirit. An unruly spirit, an unclean spirit is everywhere they go, they cause trouble. That's the one that was in church when Jesus was in the synagogue and there was an unruly spirit or an unclean spirit and Jesus, he was yelling already, I know who you are, Jesus, come out of him, you unclean spirit. So do we have unclean spirit? We also have religious spirit. Once I see them, I can tell. They are the ones that always, they, they always, you know, everything is glory to God and all of that. I don't get impressed by those type of things. If that's you, I can be okay with it. But if you're constantly going on, I know some, you're hiding something. Something is not right. They are the ones, it doesn't mean if you see that judge, but you can always tell. They have the biggest cross, the chain on them. And when they come to church, their Bible is really big. And they carry it and let you know that they are it. And you look at the Bible, they rule. I mean, that's not wrong if you mark everything. But like, they want you to see that it has been marked. <laughs> and they tell you, I've read the scriptures from Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation. And then you look, you say, Huh? Yeah? How come you act like you haven't seen? 
Genesis chapter 1. It's a religious spirit. I dealt with one one time in Georgia. And uh, we prayed with uh, Papa. Papa is going to be with the Lord. Angela and I will be going. But when we started praying for this guy with the religion, how can you tell? You can see his big, big chain cross, and he is very holy. But when we started praying, the demon manifested, and the demon was so angry. Uh, he almost died that same night. But God delivered us. I said, it's just the demon trying to stop us from reaching him. And, but God helped us. They are religious spirits, and you have to be aware of that. And they do Christian things. And we need to know that these things are. There are seducing spirits. Generally, they speak words that are not of God. And they slide, slide it in. And you, something tells you that doesn't make sense. That's why you should know the scriptures. Because once you buy into it, you are in for a long ride. I mean, a painful long ride. So you, we should be careful about those things. What you hear seducing spirits trying to seduce you from the truth telling you it doesn't matter what's wrong with that any message that you hear that's why the bible says test the spirit any message coming from anybody even if it's coming from this pulpit and i'm being very serious that gives you a feeling inside well if that's the case i can go ahead and do something that you know and consider wrong that wasn't from god Anything that makes you free to do what's wrong and not feel guilty about it, that's not from God. You should just know. When they tell you that, what's wrong with that? There's another spirit there. They, they're not going to listen to you. That's the spirit of rebellion. And the Bible says the spirit of rebellion is as the same as witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So you need to be discerning when you see these things. I'll read this scripture and I'm going to close with this. Second uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, But there were also false prophets among the people. There were also what? False prophets among the people. The funny thing about this, those who are false prophets, that's the funny thing, it's unusual. They themselves are the ones preaching more about false prophets. It's amazing. I'm telling you. They stay in the book of Revelation and tell you about the false prophets. But there were also false prophets among them, even as there will be, notice he didn't say false prophets, false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord. Sometimes they start with destructive heresies, and if you allow that, it will graduate to a point where they deny the Lord who bought them. And bring on themselves swift destruction. Verse 2 is very important. And many will follow their destructive ways. So guess what? It's not just what they are saying, but what they are doing. And if you listen to that and you follow it, it's a destructive way. When the Bible uses the word destroy, that means it's not going to be good for you. That's why I'm saying, if you hear somebody telling you there's nothing wrong with that, it's okay, everybody's doing it, uh, because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's right. And if a preacher is telling you that, he doesn't know God. I tell you, he'll walk by Jesus on the street, and they'll just walk by each other, he won't recognize him. Because he doesn't know him. 
That's why many will come in that last day and they are saying, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we do these many miracles in your name? And Jesus said, I will declare to them, I don't know. Notice they will be where? Among you. You know, I've been under the influence of that. False teacher. It took me several years to get free. When I was newly born again, my, my Angela saw my, my teacher, every one of us talked about this. We had seen destruction in the wake of that. So many lives destroyed. And Angela looked and said, is this the one you guys are talking about? He seemed very ordinary. And all he told was words that he was speaking towards that were not scriptural. I spent so much time studying the scriptures, trying to verify what pastor was saying. And then finally I told him, Pastor, I'm not going to listen to what you say anymore. If it doesn't come from that book, I'm not going to take it. He said, huh? Now you have to be in Nigeria to understand that. We don't talk to elders in Nigeria. That's why I called the man in, Nigeria, in Georgia. He's going to be with the Lord. And I call him Papa. Because uh, I, I used to call him Brother Drury. Um, when, I, when I attended the church, that's everybody called him Brother Drury, including the little kids. But when he went with me to Nigeria to minister, everybody called him Papa. He was 80 years old. And I figured, if I call him Brother Drury, the Nigerians would throw me out of church. They won't let me preach. So <laughs> he said, that's Papa. You don't call him just Brother Drury. So I call him Papa Drury. And then when we got back, Papa, I called Papa. I said, hey, Brother Drury. He says, no, I'm Papa now. <laughs> Call me Papa. And I enjoy it. I call him Papa till tomorrow. His wife is my mama. Uh, hopefully she'll be here with us. They are family to me. I love them dearly. But you need to understand these things. These things are so, so, so important. You need to understand you just don't give in to false teachings that people come and they speak to you. My pastor actually told me with his own mouth he was sleeping with somebody else's wife. And I confronted him. He had his own wife. And the, girl, the lady, the girl that was in the church before I left from the U.S. to study, he had gone so, he started very slowly and just went down. He was sleeping with that girl and, and the girl got pregnant. But he was telling everybody God told him to, to have her. The husband was in the U.S. studying. I know the man too. But God couldn't tolerate it, so he took the woman before the baby was born. And then I confronted pastor in the marketplace. Pastor told me, God told me to marry her. I said, which God? The one of heaven or the one that lives in Nigeria here where you are? Which God are you talking about? But he, says, he said, look, brother, good luck, you don't, don't judge. I'm telling you. He said, everyone that's spoken against it, God has judged them. He said, so be very careful, son. I said, I'm not careful. Don't bother me. Something is wrong with your life. I told him, I confronted him very hard. We, we argued so much. There was a lady we were standing in front of her little shop where she sold. She said, you guys better leave my shop. Go somewhere else and do your argument because I got to sell my tomatoes, okay? Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here and argue about your God and stuff. But I was clear to pastor he had gone. And guess what? He did it again the second time. 
deception is a very strong thing. Amen? But God can give you. The, that's why I'd like to use scriptures. When I'm speaking to you, I stay with the scriptures. Because that's the way I was able to know that my pastor is flaky. <laughs> Amen? And then you can tell from anyone. If they don't really have a handle of the scriptures, at least some handle of scriptures, oh, I don't want to hear. I don't want all the flaky stuff. If it's weird, it's weird. It's not God. God is a gentleman. Amen? He's a gentleman. Don't it mean you turn express? Some people are very expressive. That's allowed. But others are not as expressive. Be yourself. God will use you in your own skin. Amen? Don't be somebody else. Or else he will say, the voice is like the voice of Jacob. But his body is the body of Esau. I'm confused here. So when you're doing all that stuff, God says, is that not Dave? How come he's sounding like... Just be yourself. He created you that way. Stand up with me this morning. Thank you, Jesus. All heads bowed, please. And uh, in reverence to our God, because he's here, you felt his presence this very day. I'm going to make two requests in the name of the Lord. Believe me, I'm asking in the name of God today, and he's speaking to you. He's actually asking me to speak to you right now. If you're here and you don't have a personal relationship with Christ. You see, you can know of Christ, but there is something that goes beyond that, which is a personal relationship that you have with Christ. And you don't have to ask anybody whether you have a personal relationship with Christ. You know it. And if somebody says you don't, you're kidding. I know I have a personal relationship. You know. If you don't have that, I want to help you to have that today. God wants me to help you to have that. And then there are some of you, you had a a personal relationship with God. But something has happened. Something came into your life. And somehow you've wandered away from Him. And you don't feel good about where you are. But you want to come back home. Just like the prodigal son. You want to come back to the Father. And look, His arms are wide open. Ready to receive you. Those that don't know Him as Lord and Savior. And those that know him sometime but want to come back. He's asking every one of us to come back home. If you are here and you want to come back home to God and he's right here, he's welcoming you. Would you slip your hand up quickly and put it back down right now? The count of one, thank you. Is any other person? You do that. Put your hand up now. Thank you. Put your hand up. Just put it right back down. Amen. I'll pray for those that put their hands up. If you're here, you didn't put your hands up, and, but inside of you, you're saying, I need to put my hands up. The reason you didn't do that is a fight from the enemy. He doesn't want you to go from him. But if you're there today, if you will say this prayer with me, and you mean it from your heart, God will come into your life. All you need to do after that is learn, come back, to learn more about him so that you can grow in him and you will get to know him personally and he will get to know you personally. Amen? All heads bow. 
I'm going to pray. And if you were that person, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming to the world to die for my sins. If you are that person, repeat that in your heart to him. I thank you for coming to die for my sins. Lord, I confess my sins today. Lord, I ask you to come into my heart. I need you to be the Lord of my life. Write my name today in your book of life. I want to know that if I die today, I will be in your very presence in heaven. So receive me, Lord Jesus. Jesus, I receive you and I welcome you into my life. In Jesus' name. If you said that prayer and you never knew Jesus before and you really meant it in your heart, all you need to do is just one thing. Tell somebody, I prayed with that man today. If you do that, the Bible says instantly you will begin to feel his presence in your life. And your life will be transformed, meaning you are born again. It takes two things, to believe with your heart and to tell somebody with your mouth. These are principles we have to do. Don't hesitate. Amen. Remember, if you are sick in the body, I will be here. Please come and get healed. Amen. I just want to ask your permission. Jonathan Klinkenberg, is he here? He's going to Israel tomorrow.